today is our pass catchers rankings with the upcoming draft. I'm still personally convinced that if he was in the draft last year, he would have been the number one receiver on the board. He honestly might be just the most impressive pass catcher like, after the catch. And and all like in tight end wide receiver doesn't matter. When after the catch, he's hard to take down. He finds open space. He cuts well for someone his size. It's really impressive what he does. Welcome to the WNP Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mitchelson. Joining me today, as always, my co-host, Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how are we feeling on this uh, uh, kind of gloomy over here in East Lansing? I don't know. How's it over there in Shelby Twip? The Shelby Twip. So I, I'm pretty swell. Thank you for asking. Uh, it's a little dark, cloudy. Um, I, I don't mind it. What? I start every episode like this. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't um, ask, though. Okay, too bad. I'm doing swell. I'm going to say that always. Um, normally I'm looking out this window, it's pretty sunny and it's kind of hard looking at my computer. Uh, but this time, you know, it, it, the clouds are blocking the sun. So it, it makes the lighting in my room a little better. makes it way better. See my computer. So I'm not really complaining. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, speaking of doom and gloom, Alec, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty great. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm doing awesome. So quickly wanted to let all the listeners know the schedule for the WNP podcast. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming. Today is our pass catchers um, rankings with the upcoming draft. And then next Thursday, April 1st, we will be doing offensive line and interior defensive line. The 8th, we will be doing edge rushers and linebackers. The 15th is the secondary positions. And then on the 22nd, we have that alternating mock draft that we've been hyping up. Our buddy Chris is getting on the show. He's doing some research right now. Um, He said he already has like two pages, like, of notes and that's only through his first two teams. So that's interesting. Um, so that'll be the week before the draft. So a lot of exciting stuff coming up, but pass catchers today. And, uh, I've had some, some trouble. What about you guys? I I know I, I told you guys in the text that every time I watch more and more film, I just contemplate switching up my list every time. So I had like, I, I had a pretty concrete uh, like like top ten, uh, but one guy I, I ended up kind of sneaking into here is a he's he's more of a like a boomer boss kind of guy. So like his rankings a little bit based on that. If he flops, it, it could be you know catastrophic. We'll talk about it when we get there. But if he works out, it could be great. So he's really the only guy that's um, hopped in. Everything else has stayed pretty close to the same for me from when the season ended. Yeah, I uh, I actually made made a list up before I started watching film just to see you know what changed it, and I ended up switching around a lot of my guys my rankings are very different from when I first started I ended up taking a couple guys off adding two new ones so kind of in that same boat I like a lot of receivers in this draft so uh this is definitely a podcast I'm very excited for yeah and Alec you said you had some hot takes with your rankings so excited to get there but before we do uh free agency winding on down um not really much to talk about on that end not much breaking news that has happened over the last couple days but I did want to get the Lions fans take on Kenny Galladay 
going to the Giants. He got a big deal. I didn't think he was going to get as much money as he did, so I thought it was a stupid idea to go long-term when you could go short-term and then get a bigger deal next year. But he did get the money he was looking for, so um, I I take back the statement of it being stupid because if you're going to get the money, might as well take it, right? Yeah, I mean, he got the money he was offered here in Detroit. They offered him $18, $19 million a year, which was at least rumored, I should say. Uh, so, I mean, he got that same money going to a team that's probably more set up for success uh, is Daniel Jones, the guy we're, we're definitely going to see that this year. There's no reason Daniel Jones should have any failure if he has any sort of NFL talent. So it, it's it's an interesting situation. This, you know, this could be great for Kenny Galladay and could be great for Daniel Jones or it could be bad for both of them. Because if Daniel Jones doesn't work, then that whole team's just going to fall catastrophically. Kenny Galladay is going to have a down year. But Kenny Galladay's getting his money at the end of the day. If he was he was able to get that long term, like you mentioned, for a lot of money. So I mean, like more power to him. You know, he didn't have to go that like that juju route. I was an advocate for the Bengals actually signing Galladay to a one year deal. Um, that was before I thought that he would get the money that he was looking for because obviously you look at all these other receivers, none of them are really getting huge contracts like these long term ones. Um, but you know he got his money. Uh, I like I love Galladay, but. I don't like the Giants, so I'm not really going to be rooting for him anymore, unfortunately. If he went to the Bengals, I would have been rooting for him. But, you know, good for him to get the money. I don't think he's going to have as good of a season as he had under Stafford because I don't believe in Daniel Jones. Also, that offense is going to be completely run through Saquon with him coming back this year. So I don't know if it's the best thing for his career, but uh, he got the money. So, you know, good for him. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't remember if I told you guys what I was seeing on Twitter. I might have told Chase or it might have been Johnny I was talking to um, when talking about it. But a Lions Twitter, I think it was Detroit Moments or, or something, said that hopefully Galladay knows that going to a Daniel Jones-led offense isn't going to bring the numbers that he saw with a Stafford-led offense. And then Giants fans were firing back saying that, Stafford was the reason the Lions were bad. Stafford had all the weapons around him. He's the reason they couldn't make it to the playoffs. So I uh, wanted to get your guys' take on that really quick. Chase, if you did, um, if, I, if it was you I was talking to, I probably got yours already, but uh, fire away anyways. It Wrong. Just just, just wrong. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Sorry, just flat <laughs> out wrong. I mean, I just said I'm not a Daniel Jones believer, and I don't think he'll repeat the numbers, so I obviously think that that is wrong. I think that Daniel Jones isn't even considered a serviceable starter in the NFL. There are backups that I would take over him at this point. And, and wait, just wait till you see what the Rams do this year with Matthew Stafford, because it, it's gonna it's gonna be a big difference. You're gonna like see his true talent. He has the great weapons around him. He has an offensive line. You know, uh, Cam Akers might be on the verge of doing something really good. So Stafford, he is in one hell of a position to have a lot of success. And if he has that success, it's just gonna shut up a lot of the haters, which I really hope for. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to agree. Not a Daniel Jones guy over here. Uh, Chase thought their defense would be top ten or top fifteen, whatever it was. Uh, wasn't the case. Maybe it is this year if he if he can prove anything because they brought in extra weapons. But guys, let's get on to the main topics. And these are the draft eligible wide receivers. I told you before we hop into our rankings, I have two quick questions for you. So let me fire away. So first question, I want you guys to kind of take me through your thought process on Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. 
Feel free to let me know which one you like better because that won't place them in the rankings anywhere because obviously we've got eight wide receivers that we're ranking, not just two. So let me know your thoughts between the two of them, both from Alabama, both I think great wide receivers. So give me a little synopsis on why you may like one guy over the other. I I personally like Waddle better. Um, I feel like we got a bigger sample size from him. I mean, I say that but like only because, like, you look at Devontae Smith. I had never heard of him until this year, and like, yeah, he blew it up. Um, but especially when you're going to the NFL, you have a guy like Smith who's 170 pounds at six one. That is just that is not an NFL build for a wide receiver. Waddle a little bit bigger. He's always getting comparisons to Tyree Kill, which I think is good comparison. Um, and I even think that Waddle has the potential to be better than Hill because he's more of a pure receiver, better hands. Uh, I feel like he just he can read the defenders better, like a lot better than Devontae Smith. But I mean, I'm not I'm not knocking Devontae Smith. Obviously, he was a monster in college, uh, a great player, but. I have to go Waddle mainly because of the build, but also, I don't know, he just, he looks more like a natural football player to me than uh, Smith does. Yeah, and it's it's super close for me. I mean, the difference in players, like, they're obviously different types of players, but, like, in terms of, like, where I'd value them, it's it's pretty much even. I, since he got to lean one way or another, I lean Devontae Smith. Um, I'm usually a big fan of receivers coming from the, from the college ranks to the NFL, I look for the physical tools. I look for, you know, like the athletic ability. And that's usually a lot more telling than production is when going to the NFL. But Devontae Smith's production is, like, on a whole different level. Uh, you Like, when you have that kind of just pure production, regardless of being a kind of, you know, lanky, skinny, scrawny player, that's pretty impressive. The SEC is the toughest, you know, conference in college football. So that does factor into it. It makes you a little more ready for the NFL than some other conferences do. And I think he's going to put on 15 pounds probably anyway of muscle. He's, he's going to have to. Whoever drafts him, they're going to draft him with high capital. They're going to make him. So he's going to bulk up a little bit. Not necessarily, you know, be the same size as some other guys that are, you know, that are 200, 210 pounds. But he'll have enough size where he'll be able to sustain himself. Uh, he just, he catches every ball. He's, you know, he's not just a physical receiver. He's not just a route runner. He's not just a deep guy. He does everything like really well, which I really admire. Then you go to Jalen Waddle. He is, you know, obviously incredibly fast. He runs a really diverse route tree. He's different than every other speed receiver there is because he's not just streak routes. He's truly, you can, you can throw him on a slant. You can throw him to the post, throw him on a corner route. He can do whatever you need him to do. It's it's just pure dominance, and I think both these guys are going to have legitimate NFL success. But, uh, yeah, if I had to go one way, I'll just I'll take the production of Devontae Smith. All right, and, yeah, I think he's the first Heisman winner since, what is it, 1991? So, uh, obviously, like that, yeah. he had quite the season. So, how I and, – and the the thing with, like, bulking up, you would sure hope so, but the problem is he played at, like, 174 during the season, and then when he weighed in on his pro day, he was 170. So, wouldn't you think he'd be bulking up already? Um, so, that concerns me a little bit, but um, I, I love both of them. And this is going to be a weird comparison, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. I think that Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle is similar to Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert last night or last draft. And that's because Justin Herbert, he has all the athleticism. He's a little bigger, a little stronger. And Jalen Waddle, although not bigger height wise, he does weigh a little bit more. He's more of a stockier build. He's faster. He's got the... Uh, the traits or the um, intangibles of a wide receiver that you absolutely love to see. Whereas Devontae Smith, he's not as fast. He's not as bulky, 
but he just plays the game so damn smart. The way he's able to find the empty areas in the secondary is just incredible. So um, that's going to be a, a weird comparison. But for some reason, when I was watching those two, that's all I could think about. The upside with Waddle is insane, but the safety that Devontae Smith brings with just how smart he plays the game, absolutely love it. Um, I Right now, I think that because it's the wide receiver position, I'm slightly edging out the intangibles over the smarts just because of the position itself. Whereas quarterback, um, it could go either way. But my next question, try to think back to where you had Judy and Ruggs last year. Don't look at what they did in the NFL this year. Try to think back on what you rated them as a prospect. How do you rank these four Alabama wide receivers? So, like, if, if they were all in the same draft class, you're saying, kind of, essentially? Yeah. Like, think of them as prospects. So, like, obviously, the guys uh, didn't have necessarily the best rookie season this year. So, don't, like, take that into effect. Just think about them as what they were as prospects. Well, this is easy for me. I'll just I'll go right away. It's it's Jerry Judy, and then, as I said, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle are really close. But I'll go in my order. So, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs. I, I was never I was never in the boat. Henry Ruggs should have been a first round pick. If you want to take him in the late first round because you're a good team that could use him in a certain way, that was fine. The re, him being the first receiver off the board was just asinine. Uh, like I I had him you know below a guy like Justin Jefferson for example, just because like Ruggs he has that great you know breakaway speed and he has you know he runs a couple routes but he doesn't run a full route tree and he's not like a physical receiver. He has to be with his speed and like he just as we saw kind of saw last year it, it obviously didn't really happen. Um, and it was kind of concerning going to the NFL for me where, you know, Jerry Judy, this was uh, just a perfect route runner, great hands, didn't drop the ball, just everything you wanted in a receiver. Obviously had some struggles, but you can still see that the talent's there. Um, and he's, I think he's just like clearly the most talented of this group. I, I agree uh, 100% on rugs. I'm pretty sure I had him ranked as like my fifth receiver, fifth or sixth uh, last season. Uh, but obviously since I had Waddle above Smith, I'd go Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle. Devontae Smith, then Henry Ruggs. Um, and, I, yeah, I was always kind of a Ruggs hater. Um, I still don't think he's going to be that great. But my big thing with Judy, I'm still convinced he was the best receiver in last year's class. His stats may not have shown it, but I think if you threw Judy in Justin Jefferson scenario, then Judy would have had a better stat, better uh, rookie stat line than Justin Jefferson did, the, did this last year because they have similar skill sets. But I also think that Judy is better at like the same at the same things that or all right they have the same skill sets but I would still think that Judy is better in almost every aspect compared to Justin Jefferson. So I still love Judy. I think if the Broncos can get a legitimate quarterback that's not Drew Locke, RIP because I used to support him. Um, then I think that Judy could be a perennial All-Pro uh, and just you know light up the NFL. But gotcha. Yeah, um, I think you were forgetting about T. Higgins when you said best rookie wide receiver. But um, yeah, <laughs> I 
I would agree. I go Judy and then Waddle and then Smith and then Ruggs. And right now, Waddle and Smith are so neck and neck with me. And that's why I was saying um, every time I watch more film, I contemplate switching stuff around. Uh, it's really those two that I keep going back and forth between. But I'm not as big of a, a Ruggs hater as you guys. Wow. Um, I, I think he's much closer to a Marquise Brown type situation than he is a John Ross situation. I don't think he's a bust at all. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do because obviously he had to do, deal with some injuries. And Derek Carr isn't really the guy that you want throwing 40, 50 yard bombs when the guy when Ruggs has a guy beat. So uh, I'm interested to see what he can do in his second year. Uh, hoping it's better. So we'll have to wait and see. But how this is going to work, guys, uh, we have eight wide receivers to talk about. And then we will give an honorable mention or two. Then we will talk about four, our top four tight ends. And then we will do our top six combined pass catchers. So this will include tight end and wide receiver. So who knows? Maybe our four tight ends break into the top six and we only have two wide receivers. Who knows what happens? Um, I, I wanted to do the combination, though, because... If you didn't know, there's kind of a a supreme talent at the tight end position that a lot of people have even talked about changing him into a wide receiver, but um, it, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So let's first go over our tight end, or I mean our wide receivers, um, or we want to go tight ends first. I don't give a hoot. I'll leave it up to you. You're, you're, you're the driving the ship here. We're just passengers. True. Hmm. Hell, let's just go tight ends first because I think uh, we can talk about the one guy and then I think there's two other guys that are pretty talented as well. The fourth one I, I feel like kind of drops off. But, uh, yeah, let's go our top four tight ends first. So whichever you guys want to take it away, um, give us your top four. And then after everyone goes through, we'll slowly talk about them. All righty. Uh, number one, obvious choice. You know, if you have anyone other, other than Kyle Pitts here, you're – don't know anything about football. Uh, number two. I'm Nick Eubanks. Sorry. Oh, okay. It makes sense. Number two, uh, Brevin Jordan. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, from Miami. Yep. Uh, this one I'm definitely going to butcher. Uh, Pat, Pat Freermuth. Freermuth. I don't know. I didn't really listen. I mean, when I was watching film, didn't really listen to the announcers very much. Uh, so probably should have done that. And then number four, Tony Poljan. Poljan, I don't know how to say it. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Are- uh, by, 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 by the way, it's it's Fryermuth. But it, 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 like Freer Muth or something. Like, okay. like- <laughs> Close enough, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like on Hockey Name of the Day for the Bolts broadcast. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> All right, Chase, what's your four? My one through three is the same. Kyle Pitts, Brevin Jordan, Pat Fryermuth. Um, I... I'm starting to see more and more Pat Fryermuth above Brevin Jordan, uh, which is which is fine because Fryermuth is like he's still how in hell of a tight end. Um, he's gonna be a little more of your like all around guy compared to Brevin Jordan um, and Kyle Pitts, of course, too. But so like he'll he'll be a little you know more useful in the blocking game and in the run game, whereas Brevin Jordan is closer to Kyle Pitts than he is to Pat Fryermuth, where he's like that move tight end. He's gonna catch the ball. So I you could like I'd be okay with you going either way. But with the way the NFL is nowadays, uh, just yeah, give me Brevin Jordan. So, yep, Kyle Pitts, Brevin Jordan, Pat Fryermuth. And then my fourth is Hunter Long out of Boston College. 
you know, good size. I will, I will talk about it more when we need to. But yeah, there's my four. Gosh, just terrible takes right there. Honestly, probably the worst takes on WNP podcast history. He's going to say the exact same top three. Uh, so I've got Kyle Pitts at number one. <laughs> um, Brevin Jordan, I've got as two as well. I just like his upside. I mean, you were talking about how Fryermouth is going to be more all like well-rounded where Jordan, he's got more upside uh, in the passing category. However, he is a, a little bit little bit on the shorter end of tight ends. So, um, but yeah, and, and then Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame, he is my fourth guy. So let's first talk about Kyle Pitts. Um, guy's kind of a scrub from Florida. Um, they're talking about, oh, he's for sure a lock in the top 10. He could go top five. Um, some idiot uh, on Twitter, I think his name was like Mike Mitchelson at Mitchelson21 said, give me Kyle Pitts or something like that. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> Uh, that guy's stupid. Okay. Uh, all right. That was Kyle Pitts. We'll move on to Brevin Jordan now. Um, but uh, do, do, do you want to say real quick, uh, honestly, for Kyle Pitts, if anybody listening just happened to not see it, the dude's 6'6", 240, and ran a 4'4", 40-yard dash unofficially. I'd say that's okay. You know, I actually saw a tweet the other day saying that Kyle Pitts is a mix of Calvin Johnson and Darren Waller. And watching all this film in the last... Big facts last two days you know i understand the comparison the dude is an absolute monster he is nuts like i i kind of wish that we didn't draft tj hawkinson so that i would feel happy about us drafting kyle pitts but i'd, I'd still feel happy if they draft him anyway just because he's so fun to watch yeah, yeah that's true I'm I'm hoping Cal Pitts goes to the Bengals right now. And the one thing I'm super excited about in my dynasty league, I've got the number five overall pick. So that means I'm either going to get uh, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, or one of the top three running backs. I'm pretty happy with that. Hey, Mike, you want to trade back to 11? No, I do not. <laughs> hey, Mike, you want to trade back to 208? No, I do not. <laughs> um, you guys can hit up Johnny. I'm sure he's selling his one, three, and four. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I, I, he won't even take Derrick Henry for two of his picks. Yeah, he's uh, well, I wouldn't either because Derrick Henry's yeah. trash. But uh, well, Derrick Henry's not trash, but I don't think I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's move on. I mean, if if you're unaware of Kyle Pitts, I would just say go watch him because he is spectacular. He is the most offensively gifted. The most um, uh gifted and like the pass catching ability that we've just seen in, in quite some time. And like Hawkinson and Noah Fant, they were incredible coming out. Um, this guy I think is just at a another level of Fant and just at a different level of Hawk because just Hawk does more well-rounded stuff where Kyle Pitts just an absolute offensive dynamo. So um, he's awesome. But let's move on to Brevin Jordan tight end out of Miami. Um, Chase and I mentioned him just briefly when we were going through our list even though we weren't supposed to um i guess yeah whatever i guess we're rule breakers but uh who wants to go in depth with this guy a little bit more here i'll, I'll start on it because I'm, I'm a big brevin jordan fan i i think he's should be an early day two pick um like early in the second round specifically too he claimed that he ran a four five six uh 40 yard time on his own they haven't had their pro day yet miami so we'll see what he actually runs but if he ran a four five six at six three two forty five that's incredibly impressive. When you watch his film, he honestly might be just the most impressive pass catcher 
like after the catch and and all like in tight end wide receiver doesn't matter when after the catch he's hard to take down he finds open space he cuts well for someone his size it's really impressive what he does obviously um he's not as elite as Kyle Pitch in terms of like actually catching the ball running routes and you know getting that separation uh but you know he's a better a little bit better blocker even though he's still not gonna be used quite as that in the NFL uh he has all the tools you want as a true like number one receiving threat at the tight end position he could be a very deadly weapon for a team. I definitely agree. Um, I don't know if I'd agree with you about uh, open field ability, like him being up at the top. There's definitely a few guys on my receiver list that I would, without a doubt, take over him. Um, I'm pretty sure we actually had a conversation a few months ago where you were bringing up Brevin Jordan. And at the time, I was not huge on him. I I saw him as basically like a, a poor man's Kyle Pitts. But watching more and more film, I... Like I'm, he is definitely growing on me. Uh, I think that he's going to be a very legitimate weapon for whatever team drafts him in the NFL, and I think he's going to have a great career. Uh, so you know, I also agree he should go early second round. Um, well, I don't know about early. I'd say mid, mid, late second round, just because he's just he's he can't block at all. Like Kyle Pitts is can like. Can hold his own to some extent, but Brevin Jordan just he can't block at all, based off of what I've seen. So here, here before Mike interjects, here's what I really want. I what I think would be perfect. So like we saw, like for example, like Noah Fanti is a zero blocking tight end, and he was still a first round pick, and he's he's starting to show some signs that he could be effective if Drew Locke wasn't just the worst quarterback in the league. But Brevin Jordan, uh, if if the Jags, if they you know whoever they take in the, with their second pick in the first round, if, if they you know, feel comfortable and they just want to get another piece for uh, Trevor Lawrence, take Brevin Jordan with your first pick in the second round and you have one impressive offense for a rookie quarterback. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, who do they got? <laughs> trash, trash, LaVisca, trash. What DJ do you mean Chark, who trash. they got? Marvin Jones. Uh, LaVisca, <laughs> Marvin Jones, be Brevin Jordan, James Robinson, Trevor so, Lawrence. So a, all a pretty solid old line. Crushes. Hell yeah. I love the Jags, baby. Um, I, I like Brevin Tomorrow Jordan. Marry him. True. I would. I could. I'll get rich. Um, I like Brevin Jordan. I think he's a little bit more of a project than you guys do. Um, I don't think day one he's going to be able to be tight end one unless you're in the worst position possible, which would be the Jags at the tight end position. Um, he is... He definitely needs help in pass blocking. And with his size, like, just... It's not a huge deal, but at the tight end position, when you got to be faster than everyone or like faster than linebackers, but also bigger than the corners, like that's not really it yet for Brevin Jordan. Um, I think he can be an absolute playmaker. I think he just needs a little bit of time. And I'm a little disappointed in Miami because how did they not realize that this guy was going to be a great weapon for them until their third to last game? Like, come on. Yeah, honestly. So, um, but I do like him. I, I think he can be an offensive playmaker for sure. Uh, I think he just needs a little bit of time. If it were me and I was the Bengals at pick number five in the second round, I wouldn't take him. Um, I, I just, there's there's more needs to be had than having a Brevin Jordan be there with CJ Uzoma and the best second round pick of all time, Drew Sample. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's talk about your boy Pat Fryermuth. Um 
we're saying more well-rounded. I think this guy can actually start day one because he's got that blocking ability and because he can help in the receiving game too. Uh, he's not going to be an offensive dynamo type player um, unless he is because like George Kittle, he wasn't expected to be amazing. And sure enough, he comes out and he's a top three tight end in the league right now. But uh, yeah, as of right now, he's a guy that can start for me, but he's not going to be a guy I look to as being like a number one, number two, or maybe even number three weapon in my offense. What I think would be great for Pat Firemuth is if he could end up in an offense where they have a legit number one receiving threat tight end and they're willing to run 12 personnel. You can use him as a blocker. You can use him receiving the ball, but you don't have to rely on him as your dude. It can kind of, you know, give him a little bit of a, of some time to learn, you know, behind a, like a, you know, a legit pass catcher, learn, learn the blocking schemes a little bit better and become like a very good blocker at the tight end position. And he could very well end up being a legit, you know, threat tight position for a long time if that happens. Now, see, I haven't, I didn't really know much about him until I watched his film. And based on the film that I watched, I kind of disagree with you guys. I think he could be number one tight end. Obviously, he's not going to be the number one threat or anything like that. But when they do, like, when he's, like, going out as a receiver, I see glimpses of, like, Grok. And I know that that's kind of he like... He gets called Baby Gronk, by the way. Okay, yeah. I, I I definitely understand that because he's 6'5", and he runs like a fullback. He absolutely... Like, I saw two or three different plays where he absolutely demolished a safety. Like, put him in the ground hard. And it's just, like, the fact that he can do that, like, downfield while still in the full sprint and gain more yards and not lose all of his speed there while also being... I think he's, like, almost 260, something like that, and also being a great blocker. I think that he could be... A legitimate weapon for a team. Uh, I do think he's going to need some polishing. I, I think he has the skills to start right away, but not be an immediate offensive weapon. I think he'll need to grow in that aspect. But uh, I think I definitely think he could do it. Yeah, and I I'm just disappointed that he had to go up against terrible defenses like Michigan and uh, Maryland. Michigan and, State. No, no cap, cap. Not true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I like Fryermuth and uh he he's another day two guy for me, uh second, third round. Um and now we go to our fourth guys and we all have different guys. So Chase, you can talk about your guy next. But uh I, I think the top three that we just mentioned, those are the only guys that I would be willing to take on day one or two. I, I think everyone else I'm looking at um is day three. Yep, agreed. Uh, Hunter Long is my fourth guy. I would take him in the fifth round of the earliest. He'll probably end up going in the fourth because the team will take him out of need. He's he's a really good catcher. Like he he's really you know good in contested catches, but he does not run the ball uh, very well. He's sl- kind of slow. You're not going to really hit him downfield. Uh, you might be able to find him in the end zone. He's going to win matchups against linebackers, which is great and all. And he, he's a solid blocker. He, he holds his own. Um, he's never going to be. Like he'll he'll never be a legitimate number one tight end, and obviously, you know, unless something crazy happens, like he has like Kittle type of growth, which that can always happen. But projecting and based on what he's shown on his film, what he's shown in college, it really just does not seem that way. He it seems like he'll be someone you know you'll use him reliable reliably as a blocker. You can use him to catch the ball. You're not going to target him, you know, like 70, 80 times a year. You might be 30, 40 to fifty. Uh, so you know he'll he'll get some catches, he'll get some use, but he'll be mostly just kind of a like, tight end too. Yeah, for sure. And Alec, we'll talk about your guy next. But before I do that, I just want to say that uh, tight ends are just so damn hard to project. Like, unless it's like a top guy who's just looks insane, Kyle Pitts. Um, so, like, 
don't necessarily hold that over us. I mean, look at Hayden yeah. Hurst. Like, he just had his first good year, decent year, and he was a first-round pick. And I think he's, like, 27 now because he got drafted at, like, 29 or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's math, that by the way. Yeah, that's math, by the way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, don't hold it over us. But, I mean, at the same time, you can hold it over us. But just now, it's tight end. So, Alec, let's get to your number four. All right. I'm going to be honest. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm going to say Tony Polian. It's P-O-L-G-A-N. You know? I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Okay. Um, and the funny thing is, I put him on my li- on my list because I actually watched some of his high school highlights. He was a quarterback at Lansing Catholic High School in Lansing, Michigan. And his passing stats weren't great, but he ran for over 1,000 yards and 22 touchdowns uh, as a junior in or junior or sophomore in high school. So, like, I thought that, that was kind of nuts. And then I, and then his first year actually playing tight end, I think, was his junior year at Central Michigan, and he ended up being all MAC, which obviously the MAC conference isn't all that competitive. But like the first time he ever played tight end, he ended up getting all like all conference. So, and then he ended up transferring to Virginia. Uh, not to, it's totally like overwhelming stats. He only had four hundred eleven yards, six touchdowns, but. He's six foot seven, two sixty five. He is a monster, and I, I just like watching his film. Like he does, he's slow uh, to to an extent. Like he's he runs fast for how big he is, but I think he's a better. He could be even be a better run blocker than Fryermuth, based off of what I've seen. And I say that even though he didn't go up against as good of competition. So maybe if he was in Fryermuth's situation, he wouldn't be doing as well. But He's just, he's a monster and he can run. He knows how to run with the ball. Like I said, he played quarterback in high school and had quite a few rushing yards. So I, I think he could be a good uh, red zone threat, you know, saying that, like I said, six, seven. Uh, sure hands. I don't, I don't, I think he only had one drop in the two years that he played tight end in college. I saw it was either, it was one or two. Um, so I think he definitely obviously needs some polishing because after the top three, you're not really going to find anyone that doesn't, but I think he's in the same boat as the guy Chase said, be a solid, you know, like number two tight end, you know, get those touchdowns for you in the red zone, but not really ever surpass anything over like three or 400 yards. And, uh, Gosh, I wish he stayed at quarterback. Could you imagine a six, seven, 265 pound quarterback? <laughs> that would be oh nuts. my gosh. That would be awesome. Oh, and I see now that it is. Absolutely pouring rain. So if you can hear it on the show, I apologize. But I, there's no rain out my left window, but out my window in front, it is pouring. I don't it know is, how that works. It is very sunny at my house right now. So oh, that's interesting. Rip. Well, my number four guy is Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame. Uh, this guy, I think, is the best blocker out of the tight end group. Uh, he is hard-nosed. He's going to punch you in the mouth, and that's what I love. If there's a guy that I can get on day three that is a master in a certain uh, a certain skill, like pass blocking as a tight end, um, then that's great. So that's what I have at my number four, Tommy Tremble. He can even play in the fullback position and uh, lead the way for the running back. So that's why I have him at my number four. I I like that he's got high-end skill and at least one factor, even if it's not the most admirable factor. Yeah, that's fair. Um, It's not a a guy I've watched a ton, and I should watch a little more on. Um, But, I mean, I know about him. Uh, No issue with the pick. Uh, 
and you know from what I have seen kind of agree yeah you know a tough dude kind of hard hitter he'll, he'll do the gritty things I mean he is the perfect player for, for Dan Campbell maybe they t- take a little late round flyer on him make him tight end number two behind TJ Hawkinson just punch someone in the nose bite off a kneecap wouldn't that be something <laughs> little little first round pick Tommy Tremble I mean um, you need another tight end in me. the first round <laughs> yeah that's fair All right, well, let's move on to our wide receivers. And so we're going to go through our top eight, uh, talk about them a little bit more in depth. Um, And then after we get all the names out, after we get the top eight out and talk about them a little bit more in depth, then we're going to go on to our honorable mentions because who knows, maybe an honorable honorable mention is no longer an honorable mention because people have them in their top eight. So uh, let's go through that now. Uh, Chase, you can lead us off, then Alec right after, and then I'll follow up with the best top eight available. Okay, so my number one, Jamar Chase, uh, obviously sat out the season, so you don't have the season to look at, but... Uh, tremendous sophomore season, true sophomore, ended up winning best receiver in college football. As a 19-year-old, he just dominated, led the league, and uh, led the country, I should say, in receiving touchdowns. I mean, he's just a true alpha receiver. Uh, I mean, he dominated the SEC, great instincts, incredible route runner, you know, good speed, good hands. Like, he has everything you want him to do. He, he can run any route. I would be shocked if he can't come in and be a 1,000-yard receiver right away because he just has every tool that you would want from that kind of receiver. Hey, hey buddy, this is this is just your one through eight. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> I don't know why I said reading the whole thing off on him. But regardless, there's my Jamar Chase take. Um, number two, Devontae Smith. Uh, number three, Jalen Waddle. I don't I don't know why I just I just went off on that tangent there. I just I love Jamar so Chase. It's a, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's another one of your your loves. You uh, exactly your your man crushes. So we get it. About we get a thousand it. of them. Yep, exactly. All right. So, yeah, I'll go back to the top. Uh, Jamar Chase, number one, Devontae Smith, number two, Jalen Waddle, number three. Rashad Bateman, number four, Rondell Moore, number five, Tamori and Terry, number six, Terrace Marshall, number seven, and Amon Ross St. Brown, number eight. Um, mine is going to be spicy. Uh, so cheer me out. Uh, I got Jamar Chase, number one, Jalen Waddle, number two, Rashad Bateman, number three, Rondell Moore, number four, Devontae Smith, number five, Terrace, Mich- Mich- Terrace Marshall. Gosh, where is it? It's Marshall, right? Terrace yep. Marshall. Okay, just making sure. Number six, Kadarius Tony, number seven, and Tylen Wallace, number eight. All right, and Chase, sorry, who is your number seven again? I missed that. Terrace Marshall. Okay, so my one through eight, Jamar Chase, number one, Jalen Waddle, number two, Devontae Smith, number three, Rashad Bateman, number four, Kadarius Tony, five, Dayami Brown, six, number seven, Rondell Moore. I know you guys thought maybe I didn't have him. No, I do. Uh <laughs> Amon Ross, St. Brown, number eight. That means Terrace Marshall, not on my list. But we'll get on to that a little bit later. Let's talk about Jamar Chase first. We both, or all three of us, have him as our number one. Uh, We know Chase loves him. He told us that in about like a 17-minute epilogue. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Look, the, the thing for me, the only concern I have whatsoever for Jamar Chase is his release off of the line. Uh, There was a couple of times where I just saw him get held up at the line, and if he can't get out, then you're not going to be able to catch the ball. But I did see a tweet uh, regarding that, and it's like, hey, the film we're watching on him was when he was 19 years old. He's going to be coming into the league turning 21. So 
he's been working on it. Don't worry about it too much. That was my only concern. He's he's even a good run blocker. So my only concern was his release. And as long as he's working on it, there's no problem with me whatsoever saying he is one of the best wide receiver prospects we've seen in quite some time. I'm still personally convinced that if he was in the draft last year, he would have been the number one receiver on the board. Uh, even over Judy, uh, I absolutely love him. It's definitely one of my favorite college receivers I've watched in my lifetime. And uh, I didn't have any weaknesses down, but I had read a few things about you know his uh, release off the line. Um, and I also mentioned uh, in my notes that he is a great run blocker. Um, I don't remember which game it was. There was a game I saw where he ended. He was blocking. I don't know, it was a safety, and it was like, I'm pretty sure it was a safety that ended up getting drafted, and he was, like, he was putting, he wasn't, like, actually putting him in the dirt, but, like, he was holding them there really well, uh, and helped open up some pretty good run lanes, so I love that in a receiver, personally. Yeah, that feels bad. Oh, you, okay, okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy's great, but now we'll move on, and I think... We have to talk about Jalen Waddle next because yeah. um, Chase has him at what'd you say? Honorable mention. Three. Oh, nope. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Jalen Waddle's next. Um, we talked about him a little bit already, so we don't need to go too in depth with him and Devonte Smith because we did talk about them arguing both sides, which one we liked better. Um, just a guy who's got pure speed, but also has the hands, also has the route tree. I mean, who doesn't want that? Yeah, it, it's everything you want out of a number one receiver. So there's no issue with him being number two. I, you know, I could easily put him number two. I've already explained why I didn't, though. He really doesn't have much flaw in his game. Um, if if he if he just somehow grows an inch or two as well, you know, which is still possible. Like, you know, he's still like young twenties, like late like early twenties. It's not impossible to grow. If he just happens to like somehow hit five eleven, six foot, then like he could just be extremely ridiculous. But still at five ten, one eighty two, with that speed in the hands and the route tree, he's got everything you want. My thing with him is when I watch him, I wouldn't think that he he's five ten, right? You said five, yeah, yeah. I would not think he's five ten. He plays like he's like six one, six two. Like just like even though yeah. he's a he's a pure speed receiver, he also plays like he plays big, which I absolutely love. And it's it's weird seeing that he's actually five ten because I, if if I was just watching games and know anything about him, I'd look at him and think like, oh yeah, he's probably like six one six two. So I I like I said earlier, uh, he's drawn comparisons to Tyree Kill, but I think that Jalen Waddle is basically he's like Tyree Kill, but a be, a better pure receiver. He's a better. I think he's a better route runner, and he is, like he has better body control than Tyree Kill. So then that's saying something. Yeah, I, I think him and Jamar Chase definitely different levels. Um, I think Devontae Smith's in a different level too. I think the top three guys for me are above the rest. Um, but Alec does not agree. He has Devontae Smith at six, right? Five. Five. Okay, my bad. Um, but yeah, so Jalen Waddle, he's great. The the only thing I've got a problem with um, is pass blocking, or I mean his run blocking, excuse me. He's got to work on that a little bit, and I still think that's better than Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith just gets blown up anytime he tries to to run block. So Jalen Waddle, my number two, Alex number two, and Chase's number three. Uh, I, I think we need to talk about Devontae Smith next, even though I think Rashad Bateman would probably statistically be the next guy. Um, but let's go Devontae Smith next. We'll start with Alec. Why do you have him at number five rather than 
um, you know, in the in the top three or, or even top four? My best pro comparison for Devontae Smith based on things that like I've watched and read is Tavon Austin. Absolutely electric in college, you know, had similar skill set, you know, great all around player in college and just went to the NFL and was never really all that great. And it's because of his brain. Devont like obviously Chase said earlier that he thinks that Devontae Smith they're gonna make Devontae Smith put on some weight. But I saw a tweet saying that he has no interest in putting on any weight. He said he's okay with playing at one seventy, he's happy with it. You just look at his build, he takes a medium sized hit from like a mediocre safety and he's out for the season. Uh, and the fact that like the guy I have above him, Rondell Moore, is six inches shorter than him and weighs ten pounds more is just insane to me. I don't think that you can be six one, one seventy, and have legs that are as big around as two of my fingers and have a solid NFL career. Like I'm not denying that he was insane in college. Obviously, won the Heisman, great season. Uh, he has. Great football IQ, like knows where to find those open holes. But like I said, so did Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin was one of the most electric college football players in history, and he did not pan out in the NFL because of his build. And that's why I have Devontae Smith at five. Yeah, so I, I watched the Alabama Pro Day. I heard the interview saying he's played at 170 and that he's comfortable playing there. It doesn't matter. If you're going to be a first-round pick in the NFL, you're going to be forced to change. You're going to be forced to put on weight. Uh, if you don't put on the weight, the team won't use you, and you'll be washed up. You'll eventually be released. That's what's going to happen. He doesn't have a choice. He's going to put on weight. He might slow down a tiny bit, but it's not going to be much of a difference. He's going to strengthen up a little bit, and uh, he should be just fine. If you can, he's, He like absolutely just purely dominated. Nobody even came close last season playing at that size in college. So if he adds some weight, he could be a legitimate threat in the NFL right away because he has the hands, he has the route running, he has the separation, he finds the open space well, he, he's good in the red zone, he does everything that you need that number one receiver to do. Yeah, and I, I'm concerned about his height and weight, uh, not height, but you know his weight. Uh, that's why I have Jalen Waddle slightly ahead, but the IQ on this guy is immense, and let me explain that a little bit. There's games where I see him look over to Mac Jones and tell Mac Jones, give him some type of signal that, hey, there's going to be the, the corner that is right on me. He's going to be blitzing. Let me just go on a go route. And sure enough, that's exactly what happens, turns into a touchdown. There's times where he is on a, uh, a comeback route and he's completely covered, so he moves three, four feet to the left, gets into the open area. I, I think this guy just plays with such high intelligence and is able to find the soft zones is able to even communicate to the quarterback. Maybe the quarterback's not seeing the blitzing corner is able to communicate that to the quarterback. That's one of the reasons why I have such an issue with contemplating. Should I change it? Should I have Smith at number two instead of number three? Uh, right now I'm going to keep it as it is, but I think he is easily the smartest wide receiver coming into this draft. Agreed. Um, All right. Yeah, I agree. Let's uh let's move on to our number four, Rashad Bateman. Uh, this is a guy that I absolutely love, and honestly, I was kind of hoping that he was going to be my number two wide receiver. Uh, wasn't the case, and I I think like Alec was saying with Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle looks like he plays um you know at like six one six two. I always thought Rashad Bateman was like a six three six four guy. Not the case, but he does play very physically. I would say he's probably the most physical receiver that we've talked about thus far. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna agree with that. Um, it, it, like they're they're different kind of different kind of players, but like it reminds me really of Devonte Smith, where Rashad Bateman he isn't just like a, a physical specimen. Um, he isn't some crazy athletic freak. You know, he can make some plays. I'm not saying he's bad athletically by any means, but you know, he's not in the terms of like Ron Moore or Jalen Waddle or if like you know, if you want to go like reaching Calvin or Kyle Pitts, like those. Like he's not like that kind of guy. But he's just a good wide receiver. He gets it done. He's he's smart as not as smart as Devontae, but you know, smart like Devontae Smith. Uh, he he just produces. You know, kind of an underwhelming season uh, in twenty twenty. Minnesota just kind of an underwhelming team though. Uh, what you saw in twenty nineteen combined with uh, you know just like the way he catches the ball, the way he uh, runs with it. It didn't matter what he did in 2020. It locked him in as one of the top receivers in this draft, a first-round pick. Uh, he could really be something special in the NFL. He is, with, without a doubt, my favorite receiver in this class by a very large margin. I already had I already had watched so much film on him before even knowing I was going to do this podcast just because I love watching him play. Uh, and then watching it again just solidified that for me. That's why I have him at number three. And he is, with, without a doubt, the best 50-50 ball receiver in this entire draft class, and it's not close either. He has in absolutely insane body control. You see, like, the way that he can contort his body and catch these passes while also being covered is amazing. Everything I always see is comparisons to Kenny Galladay, and I think that's a knock on Rashad Bateman. I think Rashad Bateman is better than Kenny Galladay because I, he is faster and has, is better, has better route running but also has that 50-50 ball ability like Kenny Galladay does. I think that Rashad Bateman is going to be amazing at the pro level, and I cannot wait to see where he goes. Yeah, I'm excited for Rashad Bateman, and definitely faster than Kenny Galladay. He ran a hand-timed 4-3-7-40 and a laser-timed 4-3-9-40. That's quite impressive for a guy who plays as physical as he does. Um, and I, I will put it out there that I think – Depending on situation, I'll, I guess I have to start with that. But depending on situation, like if he goes to the Colts, that would be perfect. I think that he could be the most productive wide receiver in year one out of this draft class, even though I might not think his ceiling is as high as the other three. I, I think right away he's going to be able to put on a clinic. So very excited yeah. for him. I I'd agree real quick to throw in with that. Um, it's like him and Jamar Chase. Those are like two guys that are just like – their, their bodies are built for it. They're, the way they play the game is just directly translatable to the NFL. There's I mean, no issues at all. Those two guys are going to be absolute dogs as rookies. Yeah, and you talked about body. They're going to be ready for it. Let's move on to a guy who is maybe not have the prototypical body for an NFL wide receiver. That would be Rondell Moore. Alec, you have him four. Chase, you have him five? Five. And then I've got him number seven. So let's talk about it. Alec, you've got him number four above Devontae Smith. What do you love so much about Rondell Moore? Honestly, uh, before his pro day, I actually had Rondell Moore five and Devontae Smith four. But watching his, like just watching his pro day is just, it was insane. He ran a sub four three. I don't remember exactly what it was. Was it a four, four two eight, four two, I think? Yeah, I thought it was something like that, which... Is great. Obviously, his like his vertical leap. When I saw it, I was like, "Wow, that's like really high." I think he had a forty-seven and a half inch vertical leap, and mm-hmm. then but then actually watching him jump is just nuts. Like seeing how high up like the like the little I don't know what to call them like the little peg things are, and like I'm like, well, how many how many of these how many of these is he actually going to hit being five seven? And he jumps and he just got so high up and just the explosiveness in his legs is absolutely nuts. 
And obviously, people are worried about his size. He's only five foot seven. He's another one of those players that I think plays big. He doesn't play like he's like six foot. He plays closer to I think like you know five nine, five ten. But he also he's just he's so agile, so strong, so fast, and has very very sure hands. I'm pretty sure Chase actually sent a tweet in our Twitter group chat that saying that he did not drop a single pass in 2020. Uh, and it's not like he's playing with a an amazing quarterback. So the fact that he is doing those things and has just the absolutely like athletic freak, even though he is only five seven, I'm just I'm so excited to see what he does in the NFL. And I think he's, I think he has a shot to be one of the best slot receivers in the NFL uh, once he can kind of come to his own. So I, I've talked about Ronda Moore for quite some time. I think like um, he, he could be. I think it's possible at the end of his career he finishes as the best receiver in the draft class. I really don't think it's that far-fetched. It's obviously you know not going to be an easy path to become the best in the group of anybody, regardless of who you are. But I, I think he has a possibility. So I'm, I'm going to start talking about the physical stuff. You know, we Alec mentioned you know the the 40 inch. He mentioned the vertical. Also want to throw this out there as a senior. I think it was summer going into uh, freshman year of college, so and a senior year of high school. He squatted 600 pounds. Like it, it's it's insane what this dude does. You look at him; he looks like a mini Saquon Barkley. His freaking legs are they're they're me. I got I I am his leg. I'm each one of his legs. It's in, it's insane. They're massive. They're they're bulked, just kind of like me, massive and bulked. Um, but like Ronda Moore has he has like all these all these physical tools that if they were on a bigger receiver, he would be viewed as as the best like receiving prospect of all time. I I, I want to say honestly, if if he was six foot one. He would be put in the same like realm as Calvin as this best prospect of all time. Uh, he has just yeah these incredible uh, athletic abilities. And then when it comes to what he did on the field, he won the most versatile player as a true freshman in college football. That's incredible. Twelve hundred yards and twelve touchdowns um, as a freshman just in the receiving game. He returned kicks, returned punts, returned a couple for touchdowns. He ran the ball too. He's going to be used um, like if imagine Curtis Samuel was a true elite number one receiver. That's kind of what Ronald Moore is going to do. He's going to be used in the slot. You can use him outside if you want to give him the ball and jet sweeps your handoffs, you can, and he's going to explode. He's someone, if you get him the ball five, six yards downfield, he turns into a 20-yard play. What he, what he can do after the catch because of his shiftiness and his strength is just incredible. I think he is easily the most athletically gifted player in this draft class. However, the fact that you combine his sophomore and junior season receptions and they're not even half what he did freshman year injuries obviously uh, a little bit of a scare for him um covid obviously shortened his season last year as well um and the the one thing with alex saying uh you know the sure hand didn't drop a didn't drop a ball i mean he only had 35 receptions so it's not like he had a ton of targets and the one thing with me i saw him doing a lot of body catching a lot of body catching and if the ball is placed perfectly there, then, you know, that's not a bad thing. But the one thing that I see out of players that I did not see out of him in his tape was the full extension for the balls over the head or on the sideline. I'm sure he can do it, but the consistency and the extension that I saw out of the two guys that I have over him that we haven't talked about so far makes me put him down a little bit more. I think he's incredibly gifted and I think he could be one of the best gadget players we ever see I mean 
think along the lines of Tyree Kill, what all he can do on, you know, sweeps and uh, out for the catch and on punt returns, kick return, like he can do it all. And I'm excited to see what he can do. Just the pure receiving is the part I'm actually worried about. And and that's not that that's not something that should be the biggest worry when you're talking about wide receivers. So I, I truly believe that it's just a quick note. Like once you see him in the NFL, depending on the team where he goes, so he could go to a bad situation. But if he goes to a team with an even competent quarterback, you're going to see those worries kind of vanish. I hope so. My big thing with putting him this high is you guys probably remember. I don't remember if it was the last draft or the draft before, but the commentators just kept saying every team's trying to find their Debo. Like, yeah. Uh, and it was pissing me off but in this case i really think that he this is, is your debo yeah he really is <laughs> uh but i also think that he is better than Debo samuel uh and i think he is going he could i feel like he can he can play every receiving position even running back if you need to like bring him out of the backfield and i think he could just like you said be a gadget player and just do everything well yeah i agree I'm just I'm I'm hoping to see a little bit more consistency in that uh, that catching game. That's why he's my number seven. But this is a phenomenal wide receiver class, just like last year. I, I think my top so eight good. and even the the honorable mentions that I have are um, fantastic, and all can become, if not a wide receiver one, at least a wide receiver two. So um, let's move on to our next guys. Um, I'm thinking either Kadarius Tony or Terrace Marshall are next. Either one works. All right. Well, let's go. Do you guys both have Tony? Yes. I do, I do not have Tony. Okay. I don't have Terrace. So, yeah. um, all let's talk about Terrace Marshall first, and then we'll move on to Kadarius Tony. He's another one of my favorite receivers in the class, kind of like Bateman. Um, also a similar type of player, uh, but Terrace Marshall is 6'4", and I don't know. I'm pretty sure his 40 time is somewhere around like, I don't know if he's ran it yet, but I saw predictions around the low four fives. And when you're at six, four, like that's a solid 40 time. Um, and he obviously he doesn't have the like type of speed uh, to like outrun defenders, but he has good enough straight line speed to actually you know, get some separation here and there. Uh, and I, but I also think that he is the only receiver in this class that can actually give Bateman a run for his money when it comes to the 50, 50 balls. And another thing is, I think Terrace Marshall is one of those receivers that is straight up pro ready. He could go into pretty much any scenario and be in that number two receiver and play very well. And I mean, there, there's some, like, when you're standing at 6'4", uh, you'd think that you'd be really good at run blocking. I've seen some issues where people say that he doesn't pick up the blocks where he's supposed to, but, I mean, so that that is one big thing, but when it comes to just being a pure receiver, I, I think that he is very pro-ready and, like I said, great with those 50-50 balls. So I want to mention this about receivers real quick with run blocking. Like, it matters. As long as they're willing to, like, make somewhat of an effort and show that they're willing to block, I'm not worried about it, even if they're not that good at it. Um, if they're just not willing to block at all, then that's an issue. But at the end of the day, you're drafting a receiver to catch the ball. Uh, and sure, you know, the blocking's a part of it, but it's not like if, if they are if they struggle in that spot, it's not make or break by any means. So with Terrace Marshall, uh, yeah, as, as Alex said, you know, he's got great size. Um, I, it should be low 4.5s. So he might sneak into the high 4.4s, four depending on how his training's been. 
Uh, he played in an LSU offense where he was behind Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. And then this year, the LSU offense was just terrible. The quarterback play wasn't good. The running back play wasn't good. I mean, they lost almost all their starters. He was one of the few guys to come back. So it, it just never really like worked out that well for him. But he is an absolute weapon in the red zone. And it's incredible because he's not someone I would classify as a red zone threat. Like he's obviously lethal. He's, gonna, he's big. He's going to jump up and catch the balls. But you're not going to just use him in the red zone like like what the Bengals do with Auden Tate, for example, when they decide to use him. You know, he's someone that just goes and has one specialty thing. Terrace Marshall can kind of do it all. You can use him in the slot. You can use him outside. He'll catch a lot of balls. Uh, he's scheme resistant. He's he's ready for any scheme, like Alex said. Um, I would be shocked if he's not at least a team's number three receiver uh, come the season. Yeah, um, I, I like Terrace Marshall when he is getting the ball and when he is being that receiver that we like to see. The reason he's not in my top eight is all of the plays where it was a run play or when he wasn't, you know, the, the primary target, it kind of felt like he was taking the play off. There was times where I saw him not even attempt to throw a block. There were times where he was double teamed on a slant route. And instead of going all out and trying just to get past that double team or or cutting back, trying to do a different route, doing something, he just kind of like slowed down and stopped. I just I didn't see him giving 100 percent every single time. And that's why he falls out of my top eight. I think when he is giving 100 percent, he would probably be there. But the fact that he's not doing it all the time at the college level worries me. So um, I think he's a talented wide receiver, a gifted wide receiver. And the size plus his jump ball is awesome. But that's uh, that's that's my my one gripe with him. And it's a pretty big one in my mind. Interesting. All right. Let's talk about Kadarius Tony now out of Florida. Uh, Chase does not have him. Alec, where do you have him ranked? Seven. Seven, and I have him at number five. Um, Alec, what did you see out of him that you liked? And then uh, I can go into what I liked, and then Chase, if you want to end it off with why he was, he's not in your top eight. But Alec, I'll let you go first. All right, well, he's one of the players that I think that he could be higher or lower uh, on my list. Like, I'm kind of iffy on him in some aspects. But, uh, you know, obviously he has great speed. Um, with Kyle Trask throwing him the ball, uh, like that was a great duo for them, you know, along with Kyle Pitts. Um, he can play on the outside and in the slot very well, uh, which I love. He was definitely very fun to watch. A lot of the film and the highlights that I was watching, I genuinely really did enjoy it. He isn't all that big. He's only 5'11", 190, but he doesn't play taller. He plays heavier. When you watch, he can break tackles a lot better than a guy you like his than you'd think for a guy his size which i absolutely love and he also has the agility in my opinion he's the best after contact receiver on my list and he's he's doing that like he, like he's a running back sometimes and like i don't understand how he's only 190 i really don't he looks so much bigger and stronger than 190 so i that's why like that's why I like him, but the big reason why I am a little bit iffy on if I want to put him lower uh, is because the fact that Florida did have Kyle Pitts, so he was not getting anywhere near as much attention as Pitts. They were every, most people are focusing all of their defense on him, so I think if Florida didn't have Pitts, he would not be this high because I think he wouldn't have shown as much or been able to do as much. 
So I don't think he could really be a number one receiver in the NFL. I think he'd be a solid two. Uh, but I did definitely enjoy watching this film. Yeah, I, I really like Kadarius Tony, and I agree with you with uh, the fact that he plays heavier and he's able to break the tackles. And there were times where he was coming across the middle and he got absolutely smoked by a linebacker, but held on to the ball. Um, I, I think he is awesome after the catch, like you were saying. And one thing I didn't expect, he's an awesome run blocker. So I, I, I love that out of him. And I think the hype that he is getting in this, um, you know, cycle of coming into the draft is most definitely worth it. Um, I, I, I love the hands. I, everything about him is I, I love because he's not a guy that is huge. He's not a guy that's going to um, beat Jalen Waddle in the 40 or anything, but he's just a guy that goes hard every time. And that's why I've got Kadarius Tony on this list and not Terrace Marshall, even though Terrace Marshall more gifted athletically Kadarius Tony, he's a guy that isn't going to back down from anything. He's going to smack a corner in the mouth, smack a linebacker in the mouth. If there's a run and he's got a run block He's going to do everything a team wants, and that's what I absolutely love about him. All right, so now it's my turn. Yeah. Tell me why so, you hate Kadarius Tony. I definitely don't you hate Kadarius hate Tony. Him. Um, I I think he's number nine on my board. So I, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I know he's on my honorable mentions. He's nine or ten. Regardless, it's not me having anything against him. I think he's a good receiver. I think he can have a lot of success in the NFL. It's just I think my eight guys are better. I, I just think that these guys can all be number one. Skidarius Tony could be number one, might be a number two. Um, this is just if I was projecting ceiling and projecting floor, I think Kadarius Tony is as a floor should still probably be at least a decent receiver too. So you can't go wrong picking them. Um, my top eight guys, if they won in the first round, just based on their pure talent, I'd be like, all right, I, I've got no problem with that. Where Kadarius Tony, if he won in the first round, I'd be like, I feel like, at, you know, he might have been better served in the second round, but if, if he's your guy, that's fine. So I really don't have anything against him. It's it's fun watching what he does. The only thing I would say is I don't know how elite it can all be at the NFL level. OK, gotcha. Understandable. Um, All right. Well, let's go into Amon Ross St. Brown first, Chase, um, and then we will hit up our last three that we haven't mentioned yet. So I'm in Ross St. Brown out of USC. Um, he just came out. I think he ran, what was it? A four, five, one forty. Um, yeah. and I know that's what you were talking about. You were a little disappointed, yep. but he's a physical beast. He reminds me of, uh, Terry McLaurin and kind of how Terry McLaurin, even though he's not the biggest guy, he'll still put the boom on people. He's still very physical. Um, so that's why I love Amon Ross St. Brown. He's got really good hands. He's a physical freak, um, when it comes to like actual physicality hitting people. So, um, I really like him. He's my number eight chase. You can talk about him. Yeah. He's also my number eight. Um, that four five one, it's a little disappointing. I thought he could have hit that mid four fours, and that would have been fantastic. But four five one isn't slow by any means. That's still you know great speed, and combined with his like you, you look at the dude, and he he's he's truly an alpha male. Like he he's just strong. He he's built. He's toned. Uh, he, he's just a tough dude. He's not easy to take down. He's got great hands. Uh, he, you can trust him running routes, and I think he might even I I really thought he was gonna run that mid four fours, maybe even low four fours, because like he plays faster than like what a four or five one shows. It, it really is the case. Um he could I think he legitimately could be a team's number one receiver just based on how like all around solid he really is. You know, he, he can go up, he can make a contested catch, he, he can go for those yards after catch if we need to. He can just do all really like everything, like at least at a very good level. 
Yeah, I really like him. Alec, uh, do you know much about him? Why isn't he in your top eight? Um, why are you such a, a, a St. Brown hater? I know you hate Equinemius too. <laughs> he actually was my eighth receiver until I watched film. Okay. My reasoning is, obviously, like you guys said, like he is kind of explosive. He's kind of a physical freak, but... When I watch him, he like there was been a lot of there was a lot of scenarios where he looked lazy, like coming out of like like his route running and stuff. Sometimes like his cuts, he wouldn't like cut super hard. He would just kind of like do like a like a half ass kind of like like little like not even like really a juke and just, then just like run out and then like the the corner would be able to stay with him super easily. Another thing is he had there was multiple scenarios where I saw like you see it in the NFL now like he tried to turn up field before the ball was in his hands and he dropped the ball. I saw that more often than any receiver that I watched film for. And that's a really big thing for me because, you know, that's concentration. That's like basic football IQ. You got to catch the ball before you can run up field. So I saw him like struggling with drops with that. When it comes to like, you know, the spectacular catches and stuff like that, like diving for him, obviously he has sure hands. But when it comes to the concentration on some of these easy ones where he's trying to turn up field, those are where he drops them. Interesting. I'm I'm going to I'm going to have to watch more tape on him now because I called out Terrace Marshall for looking kind of lazy. I didn't see that in Amon Ra, but um, I'm going to have to watch more tape on him for sure. I only watched two games, so I'm going to have to go back and look at that. But we will move on. Um, Chase, you got a guy that I absolutely love. um, So I think we're going to save him for last so sorry that not really sorry uh alec yeah, that's we'll such go- a shame because oh god i love him <laughs> alec we'll go with your number eight um and then i the two people that we are talking about with the last two are both number sixes i've got dammy brown six and chase has to and terry six so um alec you're you're you should feel special that we're getting through your whole list before we even <laughs> talk about our six <laughs> yeah i guess so um, but I have Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State. Uh, he was someone I didn't really know much about until I started watching film, and he's actually the one that I ended up putting over Amon Ra St. Brown. Um, he has great route running. I love I loved watching him. He was like like I I say this a lot, but like he's electric, and he dives for those like you know balls that might look out of reach, and a lot of the time he'll catch them. He is great at side at sideline catches you know like i said like like spect- spectacular catch um and another thing that i absolutely love about him is he's always fighting for for extra yards whether it's on the sideline he'll like reach the ball out or something like that or try to tiptoe up the sideline even though he's about to get hit like he's willing to take those hits and tr- like to try and get the extra few yards and he's not huge i'm, I'm pretty sure he's like six foot 190 195 kind of around that area um, there is one kind of knock to his game that I have. Like he's quick off the line, but he doesn't have downfield speed. Like he can, he can get that uh, like initial separation, but when it comes to like, let's say he's running a streak route, the defender will be able to catch up to him. So that's obviously kind of an issue, but like on these shorter routes, so like if he runs out of the slot, like he's agile and can get off the line quick, get that initial separation, you know, get that first down if you need to. And, uh, Another another like kind of knock on him is he we've been talking about a lot of these guys playing bigger. He plays smaller. Like he he's six six foot one ninety. He looks skinnier than he is. Not like Devontae Smith skinny, but he he looks smaller. So I do think he could, if he puts on some muscle, he could 
be a little bit better, but I also think if he puts on that weight and muscle, then he'll have even less downfield speed, which worries me. But when it comes to like, like I said, like fighting for extra yards, getting these spectacular catches, uh, initial like off the line speed, those are the things that I really love about him. Tylen Wallace is a guy that I had actually pretty highly ranked following the season. Uh, going into the offseason, watch a little more, reading a little more, it started to change. The more I watched, the more I thought he's going to be just like exclusive to the slot in the NFL, which there's nothing wrong with, with being a slot receiver in the NFL. You can make your money. Uh, you know, if you can be a tremendous receiver that way, but slot receivers should not be guys that go in the first, second round. Those are guys that you take third round plus because uh, they're just not extensive enough, extensive enough as receivers. So he just really seems like he's profiling, you know, more towards that slot guy. Cause he's got that quick burst, but uh, it's not necessarily unreal separation. You know, that's what you see from slot receivers. Julian Edelman, he's not a fast dude, but he's quick. He's shifty. He'll, you know, he'll run three yards and he'll hit the slant and he's open right in the middle. I think you're going to get that with Tylen Wallace. I think he's going to be a tremendous, you know, player for a team if they use him in that slot role specifically. But you can't take this kind of draft capital like where you would or I'd have him ranked in my top eight for a guy that's going to be like that. Yeah, I, I do really like the fact that he's just always seems to stay up on his feet after the catch and even during the catch when it's a contested ball. But um, yeah, a, a little slow and um, not Dayami Brown. So let me talk about my number six now, Dayami Brown. Uh, North Carolina, he was the number one. And I have to say, can we shout out North Carolina here? Because my goodness, do they have some really nice offensive weapons? Sam Howell going to be coming in from next draft. Uh, we already talked about Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Uh, then you have Dayami Brown and Daz Newsom on the outside. Uh, I, I think Dayami love love everyone there so uh that's awesome for north carolina but i like dammy brown uh a lot he reminds me of a faster tyler boyd and if you know anything about tyler boyd he's a phenomenal wide receiver he just lacks speed and if dammy brown can bring what tyler boyd can but add the speed I mean, it's hard not to like. Uh, he's very sure-handed, and he's a guy that can do stuff after the catch and just uh, a guy that I like. And he's got good um, run blocking, too. There's there's really no complaint from me when it comes to Dayami Brown. Yeah, I'm surprised you got Dayami Brown here because he was listed as one of my honorable mentions. Um, I do really I do really like him as a receiver. I think he can be fantastic. Um, he might be someone who also features a little more in, in the slot, just being like, you know, just a slightly smaller dude, but he can still be used outside. Um, I think he, he can be a guy you use all around and, and have some success. And I think, he, yeah, he could be a, a really, you know, good receiver. I just don't know about great. He was also one of my honorable mentions. Uh, I did like him a lot. Um, the one, the one like, big thing that I really did like is kind of contrary to Amon Ross St. Brown is he always looks the ball into his hands, make sure he has it before he makes that cut up field. Another really big thing is like when I was watching film for him, when there were, there was like a bad throw in his direction, he would do whatever he could to try to catch that ball. And I, I love that in a receiver. It's great. Um, but the, like the one, like, big thing is is he and watching him right off the line he looked agile but when it comes to like after the catch ability i didn't really see that like i didn't really see him like you know trying to like make a man miss downfield and then try to like get more yards he would kind of like just you know like straight sprint and then get tackled so that that was kind of why i didn't put him in my list yeah i feel that 
I think that's that's where Daz Newsom comes in. The perfect duo that they had, just like Javante Williams and Michael Carter. You know, Javante Williams brought a little more more power, and uh, Michael Carter brought a little bit more elusiveness. Um, but Chase, you said you had Dayami Brown as an honorable mention. You did too, Alec. Um, yes. Dayami Brown was my number six. Well, Chase, your number six was my top honorable mention. That's to Mary and Terry. Let's talk about him. This is solely, solely, solely a ceiling pick. Uh, to Mary and Terry, he had a tremendous, was it 2018, 2019, whatever it was, regardless. And then this year was kind of underwhelming. He played through injury, uh, had to get surgery on it, immediately came back and played, put, put up a couple of goose eggs. On a honestly terrible Florida State offense from from terrible quarterback play, so it kind of it kind of hurt his stock a little bit. If he would have just opted out the full season like he wanted to in the beginning, I think he would have been viewed as a higher ranked receiver. But this down year is really hurting him. But for a dude who's six three two ten runs an effortless four four four, it's it's incredible. He's he goes up makes contested catches. Uh, he played gunner in college. If anyone knows that is that, that's a guy who's when you punt the ball, he's chasing your your ass down and he's going to tackle you. And he made some good hard tackles. He wrapped up the dudes catching the ball. Uh, it, he's really just someone that like if he's not ready right away as an NFL receiver, you're going to use him in special teams and you're going to get great immediate impact. Uh, he can win one on one battles. He's going to go go up and catch a ball as I said. You can use him in the red zone. You can use him. Uh, you know, like from your own freaking 10 yard line, it doesn't matter. I, I watched a video of him take a carry like 45 yards. I watched him take a nothing dump off play 70 yards for a touchdown. It's just impressive what he can do. Uh, if, if he hits, he's going to be phenomenal, but he also might not hit because this year did look really bad. Yeah, and he was playing through injuries still uh, yeah. had a nagging. I think he had a nagging back too, or something. I don't know, but uh he is like a second-rate DK Metcalf, and I mean, if we know DK Metcalf, he's pretty damn good and pretty damn he's exciting. Okay. Um, so I I am excited to see Tamari and Terry. And there's times where I remember Auden Tate because Auden Tate went to Florida State, and the chances that Tamari and Terry is going to get up and catch a 50-50 ball is probably more like 70-30. So a uh, little Auden Tay, a little DK Metcalf, uh, not much there that I can hate on. I, yeah, 100%. I watched some film on him, and I I agree that he, you know, has that speed, that build, uh, like proto- prototype, like wide receiver or whatever. Um, and I he does run, he runs great routes for being how big he is. And he also has great agility, you know, which I think is is rare when you have a receiver of that size. But he has the same issue, like another thing with like same as Amon Ross St. Brown. He has like that concentration issue. He's trying to turn up field before he catches the ball. And he has those like nasty drops. And it's just, I can't get over that. And another thing, I don't remember, there was one game. I thought it was like three different, three different plays in one game where he was just like it seemed like he didn't know what the snap count was he was slow like they snap the ball he's still at the line and then he takes off so i don't know like i mean some of those things like i feel like you could polish and get better so i understand the ceiling pick but i i didn't even have him in my honorable oof all right well um we are running on an hour 20 so for our honorable mentions um you you get one or two honorable mentions all we're going to say 
is the name and maybe 10 words about them. We're not going in depth. These are honorable mentions for a reason. We got to get through it. I don't want this episode going over 90 minutes. So Chase, you can go first if you want. One or two names really quick. I'll do two. I'll make them really quick. I'll, I'll start with one. Just Nico Collins. Just say the name and good yeah. size. He, he can be, Yuck. He, he, he can have the physical tools are just enough where you can find some success. And the other name, Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan. So two, you know, two guys in the state of Michigan, uh, Dwayne Eskridge. I've like, I would not be surprised if a team fell in love with him and took him late first round because he just, he flashes a lot of high level ability, uh, not playing in a great passing offense, but he could really be something special. Alec. I have one, and it is Austin Watkins from, I believe it is UAB. US. Oh, yeah, UAB. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, and um, I like him. He has a great route tree, 6'3", you know, big guy, 6'3", two, I think like 210, something like that. My one knock on him is he is a redshirt senior, I believe, so he's coming in at, I think, 23, 24, it's a little older, uh, but great route tree, uh, great size. Needs to get better uh, when it comes to his straight line speed, but I think he could be a team's uh, second or third receiver. All right, and then my two honorable mentions, Daz Newsome, already mentioned him, out of North Carolina, um, a guy who's going to be able to stretch the field. And then number two, Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Uh, the guy is just a true professional and amazing route runner. So uh, those are our honorable mentions. Now, quickly, before we end the episode, guys, we're going to go over our top six, including tight ends. Um, we don't really have to go in depth with any of these guys. So um, shoot me your top six. Is Where is Kyle Pitts in this top six? And who knows? Maybe does Brevin Jordan make the list for any of you guys? All right. So I'll start. My five receivers are all in a row. They just happen to be two through six and Kyle Pitts is number one. I am in the same exact boat. Kyle Pitts, number one. Damn, that is some hot takes from you guys. Uh, I go Jamar Chase, number one, and then Kyle Pitts, and then the other four wide receivers who would be my two through five uh, in my initial rankings. That's that's crazy. Um, I, Kyle Pitts is phenomenal, and I think if you change him to wide receiver, he would still be phenomenal, just not as good as Jamar Chase. I, 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 it could be, but just in terms of like the eliteness, explosiveness, and just the unique like frame and the way he catches the ball, he holds on and doesn't drop it. Everything combined, it, it just creates for something spectacular. I 100% agree. Dude's huge, fast, great hands, and can somewhat run block. So number one. Yeah. Absolutely love him. Can't wait for the Bengals to get him at number five. Uh, but. Or maybe the Lions at number seven. I mean, how many top 10 tight ends do they need? Um, <laughs> a lot, but that's okay. Uh, that's going to do Facts. it for the episode. Uh, like I said, next week, the big boys, offensive line and interior defensive line. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun because this offensive line class is spectacular. Um, but that's going to do it for the wide receivers. Let us know who your top wide receivers are, including where you think Kyle Pitts ranks amongst the top wide receivers in this draft class. If you could give us a like, give us a subscribe and hit the bell to turn on notifications. If you are watching on YouTube, that would be greatly appreciated. If you are listening on a podcast platform, if you could follow and give a five-star rating, that would be so very helpful. 
and we would really appreciate that. If you want to stay up to date with all that we do, you can follow us on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. It's again on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. If you're interested in seeing our awesome Instagram and awesome Facebook, those links will also be in the description. Thanks so much for coming out. And as always, we're not professionals. <laughs>